0: Hey,
1: hey, how's it going? How are ya?
0: I just, uh, got back to the glorious state of Tennessee. I was in New York for a minute, um, just visiting some friends and family. And, uh, you know... If you're as foolish and as sentimental as I am, you know, you tend to, uh, You tend to, I think, try to like suck every drop of of meaning out of every experience that you have, you know, and it's important to kind of put that to rest sometimes and just be in the moment and go with it, not read into things and just kind of live like a free man, you know, and just be somewhere where you're at, and not read into things and don't without judgment or, you know, trying to discern things, you know you tend to run into these spiritual types who maybe some of them are your friends or whatever and you love them a lot, but you tend to run into these spiritual types and, you know, they're always like, uh, where do I belong, you know, and they're always searching for home and checking in with how they feel and part of me admires that in them, you know, but part of me is like, I just end up noticing that it's sort of this endless pursuit because you never... You know, if you're reading that much into it, you're never going to feel at home. It seems to be like, uh, yeah, like searching for something that really maybe you're just missing inside, you know, and you, you, you end up telling yourself it's a place, but really, you know, um, you're not as happy as you'd like to be inside. Um, You know, so, but every time I go back to New York or something, I... I I I get in the car and I I drive around the back roads, you know, back in in the country, you know. And I pass all these beautiful farms. Many of them closed down. Many of them, you know, there's no more cows. But some of them are still going going on. You know, some of them they're still cows. A lot of old dairy farms, you know, have a couple of beef cows, and you know they're not really what they used to be. But they're still, you know, the farmers hanging on. They're still livestock and. I take these long rides and they're really beautiful and I listen to a local radio station like WJFF or something and usually it's a buddy of mine you know um on the radio and I just you know I visit all these little roadside creeks that I love and I drive by the sawmill and I go by this farm and the other farm and I try to figure out where that back road is and I just try to find it you know just from memory and Maybe it's a road I haven't been to in a long, long time, and um, it's always a, a meaningful experience, you know, and I, I can't tell you if it's like, well, I'd love to live here someday, or, um, and there's a specific region that I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, and I, I had such a good time driving around, and I always feel called to drive around that area. It's really, it's just these gorgeous rolling hills, and you could see forever, and it just feels almost like its own little universe removed from the rest of the world. Um, separate from the saintimony and the, you know, the, the, the chaotic chatter. It's just its own thing and, you know, you, it feels quiet and you have perspective and it's you and maybe a couple of neighbors and some white-tailed deer and that's it, you know. Um, but then... I didn't you know, but then i i when I was getting on the plane to come back here, I felt so excited to get home you know i missed I missed the gale, I missed the cat, and it was so so nice to to get back here and it was the first time where i landed in Nashville and I was like, oh, I'm home, I'm home, you know, and that's not to say that um you know it's, home is temporary thing, you know um homes burned down you know when i was a kid our that that, the log cabin the house that i grew up in burned down i was nine years old or ten years old something like that i was burned down it's like well that's that (laughs) so you know but it was really it felt really fun to like come back to nashville with that kind of feeling you know but i had a great time in new york saw a bunch of friends (music) uh friends that i I, you know are human beings and friends that are just a favorite hiking trail or i saw a black rat snake that kind of freaked me out before i realized it was a black rat snake then i was like oh hi honey So um had an awesome time in New York, you know, saw family did the, there's a bit of a holiday uh crossover there so I did some of the holiday and um you know it's it's uh it is fun and um something really fun that I actually I like kind of chronicled this a bit on Instagram but um at the back of uh you know my family farm uh at the back of most farms uh you know especially east coast is kind of very the farms are pretty small, you know uh, at least compared to what they were like out west, you know it's very intimate. Fields are small, um, and I, I've mentioned this on the podcast. But for example, uh, to feed one cow, you know the amount of grass that you need to grow to feed a cow, um, out west, you know I think it takes about thirty acres per cow. Thirty acres, so that's like that's like a lot. You know that's that would take uh, I don't know twenty minutes to walk from the you know one into the other, at least. Um, yeah, so that take, I think, uh, yeah, that seems about right, so, um, he said, talking straight out of his ass, um, but anyway, yeah, so, but, you know, back east, the farms are intimate and small, because there's a lot of rain, and grass grows a lot, so you need, like, way less than that, like, I think it's like .3 acres or something per cow, you know, just to give you some perspective there, um, so anyway, on, on all these farms in the back fields or in the corner of the fields, you, you, they used to, like, that's that's where they dumped their junk, you know, you didn't have a garbage truck coming every day like we do, in, you know, in these modern days, and um, and they'd have these little junkyards, and they're kind of like junkyards slash, you know, they'd keep, keep the equipment around in case they needed a part a few years down the line, and so they'd throw everything from, you know, an old mower that either is outdated or didn't, didn't work anymore, um, you know, we're talking like horse-drawn, you know, or like bottles and pots and pans and crates, you know, especially if a pail got like a hole in it or the handle rusted through and they didn't feel like repairing it. You know, it would just all end up in this junkyard. And so growing up, you know, it was always fun, like kind of uh, would get to um, explore, you know, and, and look for stuff. But I, I, was, I, was, uh, I was cutting some wood um, in one of the back fields. And um, you know these trees had fallen down on on the fence on the fence line. Um, so I was I was trying to help my dad. You know it was a bit of a help, but I don't think I was much of a help. It was fun to hang out with him. You know. Um, and um, I like peeled off. You know from the from the actual work. You know from the productive work. And I started uh, like going down like this little stream, this little creek bed, and. Looking for little treasures, you know, and I started finding these old pockets of, you know, bottles and pieces of metal and I unearthed all kinds of cool stuff like an old glass lamp, um, an old pail, um, these old th- things I like metal that I thought was part of a mower. But uh, my dad said he thinks it was part of like a ice saw, you know, um, but definitely like old equipment, you know, horse drawn era equipment. Uh, And then I found a bunch of bottles, but I found one intact beer bottle. And it said Liebman's Beer Brewery, Liebman's Brewery, Brooklyn, New York. You know, please return, whatever. And, uh, like, I, it was all covered in dirt, but I took it to the the stream and washed it out and all that. And then, yeah, Liebman's Brewery, cool. So I got home and I started, did some Googling, and turns out this bottle was most likely from, like, the 1930s. Um, or so so I think Lehman's was open from like 1920 to 1961 but by all accounts from what I could find online this bottle that shape that color it's like a you know rich blue gorgeous almost um, from like about the 1930s so I mean my god you know this bottle is almost 100 years old intact so uh, you know I took it back to the house and then washed it out even more and soap and hot water and all that and you know, now I've got this little piece of history, you know, that was from the previous owners of this farm, you know, that I grew up on, this is my home, but, you know, it was their home too, in another generation, uh, many generations ago, many moons ago, as they say, um, it was just so exciting, and I, you know, when you're like looking for a treasure, you kind of get that, like, that adventurous searching spirit, you know, just, it's in you, and you, you, you can't stop, you know, and like, it's really fun it's so fun i haven't done that in a long time and and i just like you know when i was a kid like i didn't have google i couldn't like hmm where's this thing from you know i just had less perspective i was like oh that's fun junk you know the corner of the farm whatever um so that, that was exciting but i did some gorgeous hiking harriman state park minnewaska state park Hung out with the niece and uh, the nieces and the nephews and all these cutie pies and just had a great time and saw the dog and um, said hello to a couple of neighbors and um, really got to to just, yeah, spend good time with some really good friends and kind of connect and, you know, see what's going on in their lives. And I went back to Taqueria America, which is this the best tacos in the world, these Beautiful ladies, I love them so much. And Suffer in New York, they're so sweet. I came in and they're like, "Where have you been?" And and I figured out how to say in Spanish. I moved to Tennessee, and they were they were sad. They're like, you know, they asked me, you know, mucho trabajo. You're working a lot, you know. And I was like, no, um, I think uh, emude. I think day or something. I forget already. Jesus, I'm terrible. But I, t- you know, I told them, and and it was sad, and they they wouldn't let me tip. Of course, they they're just they're so freaking sweet. I love them so much, and. I got cabeza which is cow head and tongue um and then oh and I got the chorizo gordito which is this little like kind of like almost like a mini pizza like a dough thing it puts corn um and uh just chorizo and cheese my god it's the best motherfucking thing oh god it was it was really just something else and um, got got a bunch of that from my buddy too and she was she, like she's super adventurous. she's like yeah whatever you're having I'll have which like I always admire anyone who's willing to eat like tongue and cow head and stuff like that so that's super fun for me it's easier because I kind of grew up with a bunch of the weird cuts of meat so um had an awesome time and uh my god yeah that was that was really very very special mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, got on the plane to come back here and it was like morning, um, and took a little shot of whiskey cause I suck at flying and there's a lot of turbulence. Got a little bit drunk, uh, but got home, listened to, actually I've been obsessed with this, uh, this guy. Um, did I tell you about this yet? I feel like I did, but my ghost town living on YouTube, um, he like bought an old silver mining town from the 1800s in California and he's like kind of restoring it and exploring it so I, I downloaded a bunch of that stuff for the plane and just like kind of yeah I had my whiskey just like watching this guy exploring these old mines and finding cool artifacts like Levi's jeans from the 1860s and stuff like that so much fun then I landed back here in Tennessee and and uh, it still felt like morning, you know, it was around noon, and my my uh, Uber driver picked me up, and I was like, uh, you know, I got in, I was like, oh, George, he's like, no, Jorge. It's like, okay, cool. And I was like, already, like, I was kind of out of it, um, so I was just like, I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna not talk, I'm not gonna make small talk. But, but then he just like, I don't know, like, just when I met him, when I got in the car, he was just like, so fun, and sparky, and... Anyway, we get to talking and so he's, he's from Venezuela and he starts telling me about like how the, you know, the government there is so corrupt. You can't live there. They take your money, anything you grow or anything like the government just takes it and like, but yeah, he was just telling me how, how like, how happy he is here and how much he loves it. Um. So Jorge uh, starts talking about Venezuela and we get to talking and yeah, you know, I was like... And I was using every bit of garbage Spanish I know. Like I literally, I know like thirteen words, and I was using every single one. And we get to talking about, you know, I like start asking about, you know, living here and what it's like, and and he said that, you know, there's like a lot of Venezuelans in Nashville, which I didn't know. There's like strong community. He starts talking about the food. You know, I, well, I asked him about the food, and he like his, he got so excited, and then he like starts he starts doing like um he starts like st- at like like, talking into Siri, like, the words, he could show me pictures, you know, he's, like, showing me arepas and different stuff like that, and and then he's showing me videos, he's like, oh, yeah, this is my brother, and then he's, like, this guy, dead, <laughs> I was, like, oh, shit, what happened to him, <laughs> um, but he was so freaking sweet and telling me about his family, and, and then he suggested, like, a bunch of Venezuelan restaurants here, and he gave me two, one is just called, like, v- Venezuela restaurant, and then there's another one, he's, like, and he told me it was so cute and like broken English that so was even cuter and like he started picking up on like the sh- three Spanish words I know so he would like use those words you know like for example I wouldn't even use the proper word for beef because that's like I mean yeah bistec is steak but like there's different words right but I, I just use vaca which is cow right so it'd be like yeah cow like beef and you don't like look at your beef and you're like cow but he can understand what I mean you know And I know Pollo and shit like that. So we're like, we're moving. Like the conversation is rolling. Plus I'm like still a little bit hammered from the Jack Daniels. So I'm like, it was so much fun. He like shocked me right out of like kind of my like traveler misery, like whatever. And again, Jorge, the sweetest, like he is so freaking enthusiastic and I freaking love food. Like who doesn't, but I love food and he does. So we're getting on. He's showing me videos of them making it and like, you know, um, let's see. Uh, arepas, and then a few. Um, I forget the other dish she was really excited about. Oh, and you he showed me this beautiful soup, with like all kinds of you know cilantro and and yuca plant, which they have over there. We, there it's hard to get yuca plant here, I think. But um, yeah, yucca plant potatoes, and it's just gorgeous looking beef stew. That oh my god, you know it was it was like still the morning, but it made me really hungry. Oh, he he told me these two restaurants. He said he like managed to describe. He's like this one, like it looks better, but the other one looks shittier, but the food's better. This one looks better, but the food's not as good. So we had a good laugh about that. You know, that's often the case. Um, but I could um, when I think of my last few trips, like I could. Some of the biggest highlights are are like like Uber, my Uber drivers, like um, like just the. You know, because you always you always have this weird, uh, you know. Anytime you're 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 asking a service of someone, especially in the gig economy, knowing like what the gig economy is, it's kind of cool, but it's also like very difficult. You have to work really hard, and you know, I always feel like kind of embarrassed, especially if it's someone who's a little bit older than me, like kind of taking from them. It's just, I don't know. It's it's different. Again, I don't um, like it's an amazing job and people do great things with it, but I always feel just a little bit guilty. Um, and it's not, I'm not talking about any of this like white guilt stuff. It's not that it's just like the reality of what people do. So, especially if it's someone who like, okay, uh, let's say very clearly was not born here and they have, their life experience is far more exciting and challenging, and difficult, and far more, um, not nuanced, like, like just, like, like deeply, deeply conflicting, and complex, you know, the thing I love asking people that left other places to come here, um, usually they're escaping the government, they're never escaping their hometown, they're never escaping the people, and I try to, like, you know, the first, the thing I always ask people is, like, do you miss it? do you miss home and it's never an easy answer because it's always like yeah I really miss home but like my life is so much better here like I can make money and I could take care of my family and the kids are happy you know so you're like you're asking one simple question but you're getting like this this vast life experience of someone that that you know this deeply complicated and you know traumatic at times you know experience like all piled up into this like small answer, you know, and, um, so it's always like, I don't know, it's, it's really, it's really exciting, and, uh, it's exciting to me, it's beautiful, you know, wherever I go, it's, it's just fun to ask people about their way of life, you know, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, come come to think of it, I, I had some really fun conversations with some people out in, um, Columbia, Tennessee, Went, went out hiking there um, let's do let's do a song we're gonna try to do a song um let's uh th- this is a song that I don't know uh, I haven't thought about it in a while but it's it's kind of as good as it gets
1: starry starry night paint your palette blue and gray. Look out on a summer's day With eyes that know the darkness in my soul Shadows on the hill Sketch the trees and the daffodils Catch the breeze and the winter chills In colors on the snowy linen land Now I understand Why you tried to say to me How you suffered for your sanity How you tried to set them free Oh, they would not listen, they would not know how Perhaps they'll listen now Starry, starry night Flaming flowers that brightly blaze Swirling clouds in a violet haze Reflecting in Vincent's eyes of China blue Colors changing you Morning fields of amber green other faces lined in pain are soothed beneath the artist's loving hand now I understand why you tried to say to me how you suffered for your sanity How you tried to set them free They would not listen They would not know how Perhaps they'll listen now For they could not love you But still your love was true No hope was left inside On that starry, starry night You took your life as lovers often do But I couldn't have told you The world was never meant for oneness Ragged man in ragged clothes, a silver thorn, the bloody rose, lie crushed through the broken on the virgin snow. Now I think I know why you tried to say to me how you suffered for your sanity how you try to set them free. They would not listen, they would not. They're not listening still. Perhaps they never will.
0: Gonna dedicate that to a dear friend from upstate New York, Mark Switko, who passed away. Who Mark was an incredible drummer and he was many incredible things, but to me he was an incredible drummer and um, an incredible figure in our Sullivan County music scene. He was just the coolest, he looked like a rock star he spoke like a rock star but he was sweet and he was soft and he was gentle and he was kind and sensitive and he was incredibly generous to me and encouraging um he did everything from get me gigs to make posters for me and give me advice and he was always just 30 times the musician I was but believed in me and was kind and he he was that way for everyone and um, he was cool. He brought our community together. He was kind of young and hip, but also a little bit older. Um, and he really just bridged the gap of, of age and brought all these different generations together. Not that we need that much help because we're, we're a family upstate. And, um, But he, he was really, he just exemplified that togetherness and that family. And He was a beautiful man. And I'm going to miss the hell out of him. Mark Switko, rest easy. Mm. So, uh, I've been, um, watching this goddamn Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial. (laughs) Like, yeah, uh, um, I'm I'm fascinated by the archetype, you know, the archetypes that they both represent. Um, they don't represent the most common archetypes, but they, they do represent something that's familiar to me in many ways, um. Uh, n- not the domestic violence or abuse that i mean oh my god are you like wow I, my heart goes out to him uh and her you know she's obviously very very a very very hurt person hurt people hurt people as they say um but you know it's great that he is uh you know bringing this you know to the light of day and and just kind of saying up for himself and You know, it kind of says a lot. I mean, first of all, there's literally, like, recordings of her saying, you know, admitting to hitting him. Um, But it says a lot when all of his ex-wives, you know, all of Johnny Depp's ex-wives are like, yeah, like, he's the sweetest, gentlest, kindest man, like, did lift a finger, like, you know, was, like, never hurt anybody, you know. Um, uh, Yeah, it's, like, fascinating. I'm, I'm usually, like, I avoid this celebrity culture and all that but he's just this fascinating character you know and talks like an old poet you know very obviously very influenced by hunter s thompson and you know therefore like kind of the, the beat and post beat you know generation these poets these writers these renegades these people that tested the limits of life and um it's fascinating to watch my god um and uh yeah man i just you know you it's good insight, um, and it's it's also a a big kind of like example of when there's a big movement, you have to do it with nuance and subtlety. Not that anybody's in control, um, but you know, my God. Uh, anyway, that's that's it. I've been obsessed with it, and I can't stop watching. But <laughs>
1: it's
0: fecal matter. I mean, she shit in his bed. This is, she threw a bottle at him and knocked his finger off, like just insane stuff. But anyway. So, uh, mo- moving along, I uh, got back to Tennessee and having a great time. Love being back here. You know, uh, been like cooking up a storm and going out, going to the farmers market and just having a really good time and working hard here. Um, also had some good, like important little, like business calls and um little creative meetings and stuff so i'm really getting a move on as far as like getting this next record rolling out that's gonna be super super fun and as terrified as i am to put these songs out i'm even more excited um these are my favorite songs i've ever put out and um so much so that i even you know like i I imagine i'll uh, yeah these are just like my favorite songs ever and um Anyway, so uh, I'm extremely excited. Just like a quick, very uh, just like vague update. But yeah, like um, I'm actually I'm looking at a hard drive right in front of me. That's got a bunch of like visual stuff I'm going to be using. And so organizing, doing some stuff. And uh, yeah, couldn't be more and more pumped. Anyway, went to uh, uh, Sun, Suntown. Somewhere Tennessee to the Stillhouse Waterfall. It was gorgeous. Stillhouse something something waterfall. Absolutely beautiful. Um, and on this hike, I ran into this tiny, the tiniest painting, uh, the tiniest snapping turtle I've ever seen in my whole life. He's real dried out. You know, most of these turtles and their babies, they don't survive. They have so many babies, you know, so that the ones that do survive, you know, carry on. But anyway, uh got to handle this tiny, gorgeous little snapping turtle, and that was so much fun. And then today on a hike, uh I ran into an owl, and I've never been this close to an owl in my whole life. Five feet. Beautiful barred owl, gorgeous, you know, it was really curious, didn't seem threatened by us, therefore I didn't feel threatened by it. Um, but gorgeous and got a little got some footage of it, like looking at me, licking its licking its talons, and then just flying away. Gorgeous big wingspan. Um, but drive we were driving through Tennessee, Kate and I, and we uh you know we're like, Oh, it'd be fun to stop at a brewery. We had the day off, this was Sunday and um we ended up in Columbia, Tennessee at Bad Idea Brewing and we didn't like put it together. So it's called Bad Idea and, and you know and this town by the way looked so much like upstate New York and um you know, and similar, like, economically, where you could tell it had its heyday maybe 50 years ago, and then all the money left, and all the jobs left, and then it got super depressed, and now there's, like, kind of new creative money trying to, like, revive this gorgeous, you know, this town with gorgeous bones, you know, there's a gorgeous old Main Street, and all that, so obviously, like, a a great picture of of that dynamic is breweries, you know, craft beer breweries, so we end up there, and You know, and we start trying beers, and it's like, well, this one has like a whole carrot cake from Kroger in it, and this one has like ice cream and like crazy. And then we're like, oh right, bad ideas, got it. This is hilarious. So they're just like trying these crazy, wacky beers. You know, pretty out there. There's stouts, there's sweet ones, there's wild ones, and but you know, found the beer of choice that we, we would enjoy. And, you know, we sit down at the bar and we start talking to people and they're all a bunch of local guys and they all had records. They're like, oh yeah, and like on Sundays, like if you bring your record, you get like a dollar off beer. So they're all like spending their records and, you know, they're, um, and we get to talking and, you know, they're telling me about different hiking spots. And I'm like, well, it's like turkey hunting season, so definitely wear orange if you like kayak down this river or this creek. And, you know, but you should check out this hike and they were super, super nice and very inviting and very like... um open you know you you know you meet a group of people and they're just so like yeah just lovely just like freaking lovely and uh can't wait to go back there I really I messaged them and I was like because like it wasn't packed you know so I was like um I messaged them like hey uh, loved your beer you know would love to play a gig you know whatever pay, pay, you know my th- money's not I, I just want to come back and drink some beer and you know uh, I don't. I don't imagine they have a huge budget for uh, for musicians they've never heard of. So, um, but I would very much like to go and just hang out there and play some songs for these people and just have have a grand old time. But it's one of those things that, like, um, yeah, you know, just listening to people there and their stories, and you know, they're talking about how when they were kids there was nothing, and you know, now. There's like more businesses coming in and people are buying up these old houses and kind of fixing them up. You know, the hipster, the hipsters are coming, the gentrification, you know, but these things are complicated, but beautiful. You know, when someone comes into a town that could use some jobs and brings jobs and brings money and, you know, hires out a local contractor or something like it's the best. It makes me so happy and so exciting. I remember I was in Calicoon. New York, uh, which is this little town upstate right on the Delaware River, one of my favorite towns, absolutely gorgeous, Um, and uh, let me think, I was, yeah, I was like basically under the bridge near the river, and I was talking to locals, one of these like art walk festivals that I was playing at, you know, and and I always feel kind of like a tourist and a local, I have that dynamic, because I'm an artist, I'm a vendor, you know, but I grew up there, so I like talking to people and kind of getting their sense. And I was like, you know, is it weird cuz I'm I'm I was also at the time I was friends with like the mayor. And he's like this cute hipster gay guy from Brooklyn who like moved up there and was like, "By the way, Mark Ruffalo lives there as well." Um, but anyway, you know, he was like kind of enthusiastic and trying to like make sh- stuff happen in this gor- again, a gorgeous town that had its economic heyday and now was, you know, it's been struggling for years and people are trying to turn it around and bring new businesses, bring, you know, so basically, I was talking to this kid who was like super local, you know, kind of like, yeah, looked like a local, okay. Um, and he was, you know, we're talking, and he goes, uh, "So I ask him, you know, what, what's it like having all these like city slickers come in and you know, kind of, you know, changing up the town?" You know, he's like, he's like, dude, they're he's like they're bringing money. I love it. <laughs> he's like, it's amazing. There's jobs. Like, and it was such a plain answer, but. You know, you really have to ask local people what it's like Uh, and local like for that town. Like I I'm familiar with it's like the town, a few towns over, which is like a half hour drive away. But, you know, we're we're up there. It's it's close. But, you know, you have to ask people, what is this like for you? And the person you really want to ask is a person who's been there. And quite often the answer is very complicated, you know, especially if maybe someone's older. Um, it's kind of like if you're a dairy farmer and your way of life has been, has completely disintegrated, has been, you know, ransacked and destroyed. And then you have some hipster come and say, Hey, like, um, you know, can I, can I use your farm for something different? Or like, Hey, let's, let's, uh, I mean, let's remove the hipster thing. Like even someone's like, Hey, let's make a petting zoo or, Let's raise a few beef cows or, you know, stuff like that. Let's make an Airbnb in your old barn. Um, it's weird. Like, it's pretty freaking weird, you know. But the idea of people coming in and say, hey, let's make money. You know, I'd like for you to be able to live and be comfortable. So I'm fascinated by these things. To me, like, the story of a town has so much to do with economics. Uh, back to this, like, silver mine thing. These towns would just pop up wherever there was a mine, wherever there was money. And as soon as the the ore ran out, the silver, the gold ran out, or whatever they were mining, they would just leave, and these towns would just vanish and be abandoned. Um, a lot of the towns, especially in America, you know, it's just such a like this kind of industrial superpower for so many years. Um, uh, you know, they're just built on a very very specific industry, and the entire town, you know, like a lot of times you have towns, especially out west, and. You have towns that all, every, the entire town worked in the same factory. The entire town. And if that factory closed, what the hell is everyone going to do except move away? Um, It got more complicated when you'd have, like, certain industry, but then you'd have all these runoff industries that would kind of be supported by this one industry. You know, for, for example, like, of course, like, um, you know, like, Diners, local diners, uh, oftentimes are, are uh, you know, like truck stop diners, of course, are supported by trucks, you know, and so when you automate trucking, then obviously that poses a big problem. Um, but yeah, like if you want to understand a town or understand where somebody comes from, you know, the economics of that, what that place produced, what, you know, why that place could support people and what kind of people that place supported. Um, yeah, it's just part of the story and it's part of like understanding somebody and where they come from. And we're a little bit more removed from that, you know, cause a lot of us work online, you know, for God's sakes, I basically, you know, exist online. Like it's, it's complicated and, you know, but certainly historically, like understanding, uh, yeah, understanding a place locally. It's like, it's very much about that specific place, um, Anyway, we're not going to do an original song this week, I'm sorry, uh, but I want to play out, uh, we'll end the podcast with this song, but this is just a fun one, and I, hold on, I want to do it a few keys up. Um, ooh, Let's do that. Let's do it in G.
1: We'll
0: eh, do it in T. Um, is that going to work? That'll work. Um, All right, we're going to leave you with this song. I love this song. There's two very, very famous versions of this song. Um, And I'm just going to do my own version. But anyway, I love you so much for listening. Sorry the podcast was late this week. Um, I hope you don't care as much as I care. But uh, either way, I I genuinely apologize. And uh, yeah, but I I appreciate you so much for listening. And um, I'm excited for the future. I'm excited for right now. I hope you have an awesome day, an awesome week. Um, the song is uh, it's for these days we're, we're, we're walking through
1: Well I've been out walking I don't do that much talking these days these days these days I seem to think a lot About the things that I forgot to do for you And all the times I had the chance to Well, I had a lover It's so hard to risk another these days, these days Now if I seem to be afraid To live the life that I have made in song was well just that I've been losing So long Well, I keep on moving Things are bound to be improving. These days one of these days These days I sit on cornerstones, count the time and caught tones to ten. gotten thank you so much have a wonderful
0: week I love you God loves you everybody loves you okay bye bye